0: Welcome back to another Future Sox podcast. I am Clinton Cole, and joining me on Skype via, or out in uh, Arizona, is Bernardo Flores. And uh, man, thanks for your time today, and I uh, hope you're enjoying that weather there. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Yep. My, uh, my pleasure. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started rolling, and um, you were recently uh, reassigned to minor league camp, so uh, first off, let's... Let's just start with your your whole spring training experience. I think you've been there. I don't know, almost a month now. And uh, you know, what's it been like being out there and, and being around your teammates again, and you know, just getting back in the swing of things.
1: Um, you know, it's been it's been great so far. It's been it's been awesome. Um, it's been you know, great seeing all the guys, all the coaches, uh, all the front office staff again. Um, you know, everyone out here is is uh, you know, pretty pretty awesome pretty great um yeah it's just awesome to see all of them again i'll kind of shake off all the all the all the rust off you know as they always say before you spring training to shake off the rust a little bit and start moving around and you know start enjoying the 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 warm sun out here in arizona and you know it's just it's just been great being around all these guys
0: i told you before um i was hoping to do some uh some prep work at uh prep it, it works today. I didn't get a chance to so we're just we're just going to talk baseball and we're going to wing it and we're going to have a, a good time so I'm going to it's going to be all over the place but one thing uh, I wanted to get to real quick um, Chuck Garfine uh, I'm going to talk to Chuck either tonight or tomorrow he posted something about you and Jimmy uh, back in high school you hit a walk off against them and I wasn't what the, it was the playoffs or what it was but you guys your paths have crossed quite a bit. Uh, recently so for those of the uh, fans out there that didn't know about that why don't you tell them a little bit about that
1: absolutely Um, well a little background about that Uh, Jimmy went to uh, San Dimas high school in San Dimas California and I went to Baldwin Park high school in Baldwin Park California Uh, uh, at the time we were um, league rivals Uh, so you know we were were, you know we were um, both league rivals Um, you know we, we always played each other um, quite quite a lot, so that's the, the background there. In terms of what happened at that time, um, you know, that time it was uh, uh, you know it was just a simple uh, league game. Okay. Um, I think it was I think it was getting like in towards the middle of the season from what uh, I remember, and uh, it was getting it was getting close towards the end uh, to start heading for the playoffs. And Jimmy's team was. I believe undefeated going into that game. Okay. I had I had now we had played them pre, like a couple of days prior to that prior to that event. Um, I pitched and you know well it was between it was a pitching duel between me and Jimmy a few days prior to that. Um, I lost Jimmy ended up beating me, and uh, and I just came up in that game and just I just connected on one and that's. One swing is all it took to end the uh, undefeated season, and uh, yeah, start up some fireworks even towards the end of the game.
0: So speaking, of and, Jimmy, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just like, speaking. Of Jimmy, he's pitching uh, right now in the uh, in the, the spring training game. Um, he's he's a guy that you know, like yourself. Um, you know, our our fans, you know, our listeners, and everything like that. They they know. They know exactly who you guys are, but, you know, I mean, for some of the 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 major publications or the major, I, I don't know what you want to call it, um, it will be probably, I, you know, people that, that aren't as familiar with, with the Future Sox as we are, you know, you, you two guys are two guys that have kind of flown under the radar here a little bit. You, you guys both had outstanding seasons last year. Um, you know, starting in Winston and then moving up. And uh, what is it about Jimmy that I guess makes him um, so talented? What is, what is it about him that he brings to the park every day?
1: Oh, I mean, it's, there's just so many things. Um, you know, for, uh, like for one of them, you know, he's, Jimmy's a really smart guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a smart guy on the mound. He's, um, he knows, obviously, you know, from what everyone said before, or from what everyone everyone's talked to Jimmy and heard about, you know, yeah, Jimmy uh, Jimmy takes uh, to the stats, to the track and all the data real well, and you know, it, it's an effective tool for him. I mean, it was, uh, evidently you could see last year from, you know, what what kind of year he was putting up. I mean, he, he was you know he was rolling with that stuff, um, and then two, it's like Jimmy's a, a bulldog out there. And the ironic thing about it, but the funny pun there is that you know he was a Fresno State bulldog. So you know he's a bulldog out there. Um, you know it doesn't seem it seems like nothing ever it doesn't really ever you know get to him easily. Like he just goes out there and and you know he just has a plan of attack and you know he ain't intimidated by intimidated by anybody. And you know he just goes out there and he just gets him no matter no matter who the batter is in the box. He he just goes out there and just competes competes every single day and he and he works very very hard every single day puts in 100%, well, actually more than 100% each, each and every single day out in the park, whether it's, you know, in his bullpens, whether if it's playing catch, whether if it's in the weight room, whether if it's in his conditioning, uh, Jimmy just brings a, a lot to the table.
0: Definitely a guy for uh, Sox fans to keep an eye on, as, as is yourself. So last year, I, I you know, I made, it to, I made it to a handful of your starts, I mean, probably more than a handful in Winston-Salem, and, you know, for you, what I noticed uh, from you, something, you know, they're it, baseball is each individual player has their own thing whether it's you know how they how they prepare uh, on game day to how they train, how they swing the bat how you know whatever is how they pitch their motion and, and honestly I, I'm sure you you can agree with this there is no one right way to do things it's just about you know however you know whatever works for that individual everybody's different uh, you know from you know from everyday life to on, on the uh, on the diamond but for you it seemed like you, you were one of the guys that were out there early on your on your start days, and and it seemed like you know some guys are I don't want to say not focused, but they're more uh, I don't really even know the word. They're more loose, I guess. And not not saying you're uptight or anything like that. But for just go through kind of your your game day preparations uh, for yourself.
1: <laughs> well, especially uh, last year, uh, I was just it was just one of those. You know, one of those uh, those routines where it's just each and every time it, it felt like as if the day never, did, or if that day always repeated itself. Okay. It was kind of like deja vu every every single time out there. But yeah, like like I would I would show up to the park just right after batting practice. You know, to start up, I'd just show up, just right out, just right after our uh, right after when we were done hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was a home game, or if it was on the road, or whatever. And try to show up just somewhere right there, and then, other then my my first stop would be, you know, if it like back in Winston Salem, my first stop would be up to, uh, to Joe Wiles' uh, uh, radio booth, just to, you know, just say hello, right. and just kind of talk it over, you know, just you know, just to just to, just to, talk, just to talk, just to get my mind off at ease a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit more, not not try to think about it, only uh, just up until, you know, we got to about an hour until game time. And then by the time, you know, the home, by the time the visitors team was done with batting practice, if we were at home, by the time they were finished, then that's when I would kind of make my way towards the clubhouse and, um, you know, just start, just start rocking and rolling a little bit, put on some music, you know, just kind of practice on my breathing a little bit, just, you know, just breathe a little bit in that part, that's funny because I took that part from... A little bit from Dylan Cease, uh, you know, I, I had him as a, as a uh, roommate on the road. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, he kind of taught me was just to, you know, always have a, a moment to, like, you know, practice your breathing, practice a little bit of your meditation. So, you know, I, I thank him for that. And so, um, yeah, I would just go in, just rock, just have this, my same old playlist that I listen to uh, with my, you know, my headphones, just relax, practice my breathing, meditation a little bit. And then, uh, when it's time, you know, just go out there, start, you know, getting loose, getting stretched. Cause by then it's like, okay, you, you've done everything you've could these last four days to, you know, prepare yourself. And now it's, you know, it's now it's, it's a go time. So, and now it's just go out there, stretch, you know, get in get, get myself loose and warm. And by then just nice and easy, start building up, make, making my way, uh, towards, uh, game speed on the mountain. Yeah, before then, it's just uh, rock and roll, ready to go.
0: I guess one of the things, you know, the reason why you uh, prepare so much is so you don't have to think about things when you're on the mound and when it is time to go. Um, you know, I I think that's – you know, when I played, obviously you're a much higher level than I ever played, but I think one of the things that when people got into slumps, they were, you know, in their head too much. You know, when you're not throwing strikes, you're you're over overthinking things. Is that is that something you – um, have seen is that something that that works for you, or, it, or how does that work for you then?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I've I've been in the, I remember being in those situations too where, um, you know, I've, I've overthought a lot a lot about things and you know, where it's like sometimes you feel like you you need to do more, you know, to impress people or whatnot, or you just put all this pressure on yourself on the mount to you know to try to do more, or try to try to you know like try to light up a gun or try to try to strike somebody out, or try to, try to have, you know, a lot of strikers or whatever, but, you know, with the years I've learned, it's just, you know, as long as you do, as long as you first prepare to what you got to do and, you know, trust your ability, um, to what, you know, whatever your talent, uh, lends to you and, you know, just let you, let your ability take over when you, when you get there and just breathe and just enjoy the moment and, you know, just just go at it, just have fun, and and attack, and you know, like I said, get into a good rhythm, and, and just go get them.
0: Like I said, we're we're all over the place with this podcast, so we're just wigging it. But uh, going back to you know this, your spring training here, um, what was it like? Uh, you know, obviously spring training start for you, but what was that like? You know, wearing that White Sox jersey and starting that game.
1: Oh man, it, it was it was it, it was uh, surreal. Yeah, um, I couldn't like I couldn't believe it was. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it, man. I mean, like to know that you know you put, you're put you're you're putting on a major. This like, some way, Yeah, this is like you're putting on a major league uniform for the first time. And obviously, it's not the real thing until you actually get to Chicago and put the real, you know, the real white pinstripes on. But you know, it's still I still got that same feeling. You know, putting on the you know the the, the jersey on for the first time, and then you know making my way out. I believe my first time was in Peoria. Uh, Against the Padres, so you know, making my way out to, to uh, you know, the, the bullpen and, and you know, start to get loose. It, it was just so real because you know, I watched these guys on TV. And I watched I watched all these guys on TV. I watched you know, Jose Abreu on TV and Tim Anderson. And I like I said, I remember Mickey. I uh, I remember seeing uh, Carlos Rodon make his first uh, start when I was at college. I mean, it was just it's just for real. You know, now these guys are pretty much right there, or they're on the bench, you know, watching, or some of the guys, you know, that are everyday major league caliber players are on the field playing. Um, it was just surreal. Like I just kind of had a like, whoa, a little, little bit of like a like, okay, let's just calm down a little bit. You know, let's just need to calm myself down a little bit. Like, don't, don't like get so overworked, and you know, just remember, you know, just remember, it's still the same game. Um, it's just the same game, but it's just the only difference is the venue's a little bit bigger, and the hitters are a little bit better. But yeah, you know, it, it was awesome. And it was, that, it, was, it was it was incredible.
0: To that point, like you kind of mentioned, you know, just because it is spring training, I mean, your, your defense, you know, a lot of these guys behind you, they're going to be starting on the south side here in a month, and you know, these some of these hitters you're facing are going to be starting in, on their major league clubs. So even though it is spring training, you're still facing these guys that you know, they're where you want to be. So I, I imagine, you know, that that uh, meant a little bit more maybe to you. I don't really know. Maybe not more, but I'm sure you just kind of, you know, prepare how you normally prepare. But, I mean, that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, the, the the preparation is a little bit different. Okay. Obviously, you know, you, you face, you face, uh, you know, these major league type hitters. Obviously, you go through a little bit more scouting reports, a little bit more, you know, video and stuff like that. But, like, it's still quite a treat. I mean, it's still incredible. I mean, all the, all the preparation, you know, that I, that I kind of did like last year at Winston and Birmingham and just how it kind of went about, um, you know, my routine, uh, it stayed the same. It, if anything, like I said, it just enhanced it a little bit more only just because of the, of the scattering reports and all that stuff, you know, on how to face these guys and you know, what certain pitches thrown and things like that. But, you no, know, no, it's, 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 it's like, like I said, it's the same game. It's just, just the same game.
0: Two more things for you, then I'll let you go. Uh, what did you do this offseason? <laughs> you know, you you went home and you have some fun. What did you do? Uh, you know, I'm, I assume you threw a little bit, but I can't imagine you went home and just started throwing right away. So what did you do this <laughs> off season?
1: No, well, this this off season, you know, I would say get home um, from Biloxi, and you know, I just wanted to kind of, have a nice little breather real quick, right. gather, you know, gather myself, kind of, you know, think about, reflect on how the season went, what was good, what was not, you know, what, what could I improve on for next year? Um, yeah, it, it was awesome. I just spent some time with my family. I spend some time with my friends. I was back living in Baldwin Park, California, so I got to see all the good townspeople from there. Um, I was actually working within the the school district there so you know that was that was pretty fun i got to see all the all the the elementary kids and stuff like that where i was working at because um, i had worked there pr- the, the previous year uh, prior to this past year so you know it was you know it was nice being back there again working working with the kids uh, the staff and all that stuff and um yeah like i said you're just um building up uh building up obviously working out you know kind of learning from you know, certain times or certain areas from, you know, the year. And, uh, you're just trying, just trying to strain- and build upon the, the weaknesses and, you know, keep the strengths, obviously. And then, you know, I had to come out, come back to Arizona, uh, two times, um, before going to the Dominican, the Dominican Republic in, uh, January. So, I mean, that, that was a fun experience. Um, just a incredible, um, humbling experience, shall I say, um, you know, it just gives you a, a whole different perspective, you know, going to the Dominican Republic and it just makes you appreciate what we got here in the States. And it's just, it was just an incredible uh, experience to be part of that group and with, uh, with a bunch of great, you know, great ballplayers that, you know, deserve to, deserve to be there and, and are one of the best in, in the organization. And, um, you know, the staff was great and by then, you know, by then, by the time we got back from the Dominican, it was... Uh, Time to get ready to start for Spring Crank, so
0: last little recap of
1: uh, what the offseason went.
0: It's good. A little little rest and relaxation and time to get back to it. Last thing. uh, I I don't know if this is the last thing. Well, it's the last thing, but it's two parts to the last thing. Uh, You mentioned reflecting on what went wrong and what went right. Uh, So the first part of this last question for you, what does need to improve in your game to reach the next level? And then on top of that, what is your goal for this year? I, obviously, you want to help the team win and, you know, all that stuff, obviously. But uh, your personal goal, what are those two things for you?
1: Yeah, so um, obviously one of the big weaknesses, you know, one of the weaknesses that I had uh, from last year that I look at it is just, you know, when, I, when it got to certain, certain certain counts or certain latent, like if it was late in the count or whatever, just the, Ability to, you know, try to start putting guys away a little bit better, like throwing my pitches with a little bit more conviction, uh, towards, towards the end. And, um, yeah, it's just pretty much con- uh, conviction, 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 and conviction. Okay. Just putting away guys, laid, laid, um, in the counts or when I'm up ahead in the count, you know, just being able to, uh, put them away and, um, uh,
0: yeah, I'm sorry. What was your What was your other? Question? You're, no, you're fine. The last thing, um, you know, outside of wanting to help the team win, whenever you start in Birmingham and you move up to Charlotte. Well, what's what's your personal oh, right, right. goal? Personal yeah, goals. your personal
1: goals. Personal goals. goals. Uh, personal goals um, well, first and foremost, you know, just to have another another uh, healthy season. that's right. uh, always the most important thing, just to have another you know, successful, healthy season. Um, but in terms of all that other stuff, uh, really, I just, I just really want to win all the small little goals, the goals that I control can control in the short term, but will contribute to, you know, the long term goal, long term effect goal, which is obviously help the uh, help wherever help the affiliate wherever I'm at, you know, win uh, win the division and you know give them a, a chance to put them into the playoffs, and uh, you know that's wherever wherever I may end up. And, uh, so, yeah, so the big thing is just mainly just focus on my short term goals, which is, you know, um, when a certain, when a certain inning, win a certain pitch, um, when a certain outing each and every outing, um, and yeah, just have, just have, just have more, produce more quality, you know, more quality outing, I should, have before, I should say, instead of win outings, but produce more quality, quality type outings that, uh, gives us a position to, uh, uh have a chance to win the ball game that day and you know like I said it'll hopefully it'll uh, contribute to that long-term uh goal success
0: I like it man I like it thanks for your time um and you know can't wait to see you uh pitching up here in Chicago uh hopefully pretty soon so I appreciate your time man stay healthy and um we'll uh we'll be in touch thanks a lot
1: Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot. I, I appreciate it. I just want to say a little, a quick, little shout out, obviously, to, you know, to my all my brothers back home in BP, and you know, my high school coach Jake, my high school coach Jake, and uh, all my family that you know that I love very much.
0: There it is, Bernardo Flores joining me from Arizona via Skype on this edition of the Future Sox Podcast. Future Sox Podcast this week featuring uh, Bernardo Flores and. This gentleman out in Arizona joining me via Skype, it's Chuck Garfine. Chuck has been on the podcast. I don't know what, Chuck, this is your second time, maybe your third time? Yeah, second or third. I think so. Second Def- or third. Yeah, yeah, definitely the second, at least the second, because I remember last time we were talking, um, we were all wondering uh, when Copeck would be called up, and so that uh, that's, that's a, a subject, uh, another subject we can uh, talk about a little bit later, but uh, glad to have you back. Thanks for your time.
2: No problem. Uh, glad to have, uh, glad to be on
0: again. I appreciate it, there, Clint. We uh, got to meet you finally at Sox Fest. Sox Fest was pretty cool this year. A lot of the prospects, obviously, were there, and then um, you know, obviously, the 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 actual big league club were, were there as well. And it seemed like you know that was actually my first Sox Fest. And I don't know in terms of, of turnout, but uh, what did you think of, of Sox Fest this year? Was there more people, less people? What did you think of the atmosphere?
2: You know, it's tough to really get a gauge on if there are more or less people. Okay. what ends up happening is, you know, Friday is kind of a, a more exclusive package, I think. So you have less people there than you do on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then it's, you, know, you give me I, You know, it's tough to say. I, I what I would say is that everyone who was there was very excited okay. and looking forward to meeting all the players. Um, but, you know, I would say until they w- really are winners again, that's when you really, or sign some kind of, have a big, big off season, which I think I would hope would happen next year because mm. it didn't really happen this year. I think then you're really going to see, uh, success become a bigger thing. I, cause I think what's going on with them is, you know, the diehards are always going to be there or, you know, for the most part. They got to get the casual fans back. And what brings casual fans to SoxFest and to the ballpark is winning. And I think when they start winning again, that's when you'll see bigger bumps, not just in uh, attendance at games, but at SoxFest too.
0: All right. So at SoxFest, um, you, know, you know, they're at a good time. and a lot of different people there in, you know, management and stuff like that. And the panels were really good too. What did you, I guess, what did you think? Um, I was I was surprised as many people knew what they did about the prospects and were there for the prospects seminars. I mean, I, I know you know the whole rebuild is 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 the main focal point of this organization right now, but I guess it was just kind of cool to see just how many people actually were invested with their time to actually show up to those parts.
2: You know what? I'm I'm not even surprised anymore. I mean, I just came from uh, the Sox Angels game in Tempe and someone from Chicago Heights, a guy named Eric, was wearing a personalized jersey that he had made. And on the back, it was Mike Rodolfo, number 77. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, I think we and the media, including, you know, Future Sox and all the great work that you guys do, we've been focused a lot on the prospects. I mean, you guys have been doing it, you know, much longer than I have. And um, you know, once the Sox started on his rebuild, you know, that's when I really shifted my focus on these prospects, and it's not just me, but it's, you know, many members of the media are doing it as well. That's really where the focus of the franchise went, because the White Sox traded away Chris Sale, Jose Quintana, Adam Eaton, etc., and as fans, you want to know, well, what do we get in return? And how are these guys playing? So, when there are, are, you know, people coming to Sox Fest, those are a lot of those are diehard fans, and they are fully invested in the idea of who are these prospects and what's coming down the pipeline. So I'm not surprised that there was that Sox fans really know their stuff about the minor leagues like never before. You know, I used to, you know, between the you know years of what 2005 and 2014, I would look at the minor leagues a little bit. But really, the focus of the major of the franchise was on the major leagues, not on the minor leagues, and they didn't invest in the minor leagues like they are today. So you'd go looking down there, and you know your best player was Josh Fegley, <laughs> and you're thinking, okay, here's Josh Fegley. He's going to turn it around. No, he's not going to turn things around for the White Sox. He's you know not, nothing, not as special as those stats look like they are in Double AA and AAA. So um, you know, I, I think this this is definitely a different time. That we're living in right now with the White Sox, and I'm like so many others that I'm looking forward to the day when a lot of these prospects are up and excelling. You hope that's what's going to happen. They're going to come up. There's no guarantee, but you know you're hoping that they come up to the major leagues and they excel, and that'll be an exciting time.
0: I have a uh, a Josh Fegley story for you. I don't think either one of us figured we'd talk about Josh Fegley uh, once we <laughs> started this, but uh, so Josh's brother uh, John played at Purdue. And uh, Josh, their, their family's from Terre Haute. And, uh, of course, Josh went to Indiana. But uh, Josh is, is my age, and we both uh, – there was a summer, I think it was either after my senior year of high school, before my freshman year, or after my freshman year. Anyways, we were both playing uh, – he was playing with the Terre Haute Legion team, and I was playing with the uh, Lafayette Legion team. And uh, Josh was – I was pitching, and, and Josh was pitching. Uh, I hit a double off the wall off of Josh, obviously not known for his pitching. But uh, then Josh hit one about – I'd say 415 feet off of me, um, and uh, <laughs> he hit one across the street at Loeb Stadium in Lafayette. I think it hit the church, but anyways, there's your, there's our fans, uh, Josh Fegley story for the uh, for the afternoon, but uh, yeah, good good kid, but uh, obviously, yeah, not not the uh, prospect that you know that we're the Sox fans are you know lucky lucky enough to um, to watch you know on a daily basis. Now, I guess it uh, kind of leads me to my my next thing. Uh, for for your time out in Arizona right now, obviously there's the big league camp and the minor league camp, but, you know, you're, you're seeing all these guys and a lot of these guys that are in the minor league camp now started with the, you know, with the, the regular camp, Blake Rutherford, Luis Gonzalez, you know, Flores, you know, some of these other guys that our, our fans know. So, what do you? What has impressed you, I guess, um, the most with with some of these guys? And I mean, Danny Mendick is still still with the you know he's had a couple more hits today. Um, what are some of these? Who's some of these guys that have impressed you the most, I guess, this spring?
2: Um, that they weren't. Um, that they. That, I want to say it. That they looked like they belonged. Now, granted, it is spring training, but I talked to Nick Madrigal and I asked him. Is the game surprising you a little bit? Is it comfortable for you? Is it any is it everything you expected? And he just said, I just feel I feel very comfortable at the plate, in the field, like he belongs. And, you know, you want to hear that. And he's been sent down to league Camp and Blake Rutherford looked really good. And you know, I'm trying to think some of the other guys that have impressed me. Jimmy Lambert has had his moments of Looking good, and then he just, I just saw him hit a give up a, a two-run homer. Mm. Um, but
0: Luis Gonzalez, you know, it, it,
2: it, yeah, Luis, yeah, he he looks he's he's been fine out there. Uh, I I liked uh, Booker made a really nice play getting to a ball in right field. Michael Rodolfo <laughs> looks like an all-star. Now, right. what I mean by that, he just has the physique of an all-star. <laughs> yeah, he then has to become that hitter uh, who can play like an all-star and um you know there's just a lot of guys you know used to be oh let's look out for one or two guys now there's like 15 prospects littered all over the field on any given day Luis robert has been really impressive obviously he hurt his thumb again nothing serious and he's got to find a way a better way to slide absolutely he can't keep he can't keep doing that um but oh he looks like the real deal now it's again spring training but I would say I'm most impressed with him. Um, okay. He took, uh, he was facing uh, Derek Holland. It was Holland threw him a breaking ball, missed it. Threw another breaking ball, missed it. So it was 0 2. Holland filmed the third one and he roped it for a triple to left field. I don't see too many guys hitting a triple to left field and that's what he did. It was really impressive. So uh, he's number one right now. I mean, Eloy, I guess, would be number one, but only because he's going to be up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of, you know, assuming he's basically a major leaguer at this point.
0: Speaking of Eli, um, you know, I just, have yeah, seen some of the stuff that's, um, you know, that's been posted, I guess, from, from you guys. And I guess the uh, MLB network was there a couple of days ago or yesterday or whatever it was. And he just seems like a guy that, you know, different prospects, everyone has a different personality and, you know, whether it's, sports or you know walking down the street or whatever it is you know some people enjoy talking and some people you can tell they talk because they have to at that at that moment and it seems like a lot of these prospects they love you know i don't want to say being in the spotlight but they love you know conversing and, and and talking and and just being around it i'm sure that that's that's easier for you guys too
2: yeah i would say about 95 yeah. percent of them are are good talkers um, and show their personality a lot. Eloy is like the best, the best. I'm so impressed with him. He's the kind of guy. I I really, really do hope that he can meet his the expectations of what people who are you know expecting great things of him are saying because he's got he's the whole package. He's the kind of guy that. Uh, is charismatic, he is a leader, he um, is great with the media, He'll do, he will do. He loves the fans, he loves interacting with fans. He's the kind of guy that if he can be a great player, he could be a face of the franchise. So you really want someone like him to do well. He's going to struggle this his rookie year, and that, that's something that you know, I think White Sox fans need to pump the brakes, and I think we in the media need to pump the brakes a little bit ourselves. I'm, I'm probably guilty to it as well. And that I think fans are going to think that Eloy's is going to come up and he's going to bet 350. And that's probably not going to happen. He's going to struggle. And he's, he's not hitting yet in spring training, really. And it's a tough, tough game. But I do believe he has the personality and the experience. And what I mean by experience, obviously not big league experience, but he's had the spotlight on him many, many times and he's dealt with adversity on the baseball field, not on the baseball field. So I do feel like. You know, if he goes into some slumps, he can find his way out of them. And that's really the key to so many of these young players is if they've got the talent to hit in the major leagues, how do they deal with the slumps? And some people, some players just don't have the mentality to do it, and they find themselves back in AAA. I think Eloy uh, will be different in that way.
0: Now, let me let me ask you this. Um, well, what we're not going to do is talk about who they did not get this off season. I want to talk a little bit about who they did pick up this off season. Obviously, you know, small potatoes in in uh, in regards to what the hopes were from from everyone. But John Jay Yonder Alonso, James McCann. I saw you know just something on on him and has in his life, you know, outside of baseball, which is a very good, good thing to see. Now, I mean, some of these other guys, you know, a lot of different bullpen arms they've added. What have you thought about? I mean, obviously it's, it's March 8th, so it's not really, you do have a whole huge body of work, but what have you thought about some of these new additions to the ball club?
2: I really like Alex Colomay as the closer.
0: Um,
2: and I like, Her- if Herrera is, you know, I don't know what Herrera they're going to get. Um, he had a you know he had the foot injury, but there was a time there last year where he was dominating, and he's like that. I mean, as your eighth inning guy, Kelvin Herrera, I'll take that every time. I don't think his fastball is what it used to be. He's only pitched, I think, once, maybe twice in the spring, so I haven't seen enough of him to say, yeah, I'm really feeling great about Kelvin Herrera. But, I mean, at the very least, you're going to have two experienced guys at the back end of this bullpen who... Uh, have the potential to dominate and they haven't had that in a while back there. Um, they had David Robertson, but I mean, it's, you know, they, they last year was just the last couple years has been, Oh, we've got some good pieces. Let's trade them away and bring in our young guys. And that's just not going to, you know, you do that, you're going to lose a hundred games. Right. Um, you know, so I, I do like those two guys and, uh, Ryan Burr has looked good so far. Um, the lefty bullpen arms have not looked really good at all. So far in spring, Aaron bummer, uh, is struggling on my is A righty. He needs to turn it around. I saw him talking with Jose Contreras today about pitching. So maybe the magic of Jose Contreras can turn it around for him. And then, you know, from the starting rotation, I like the Yvonne Nova trade, you know, they got him for nothing. And, um, we're all waiting on Urban Santana. He's kind of like an X factor for this whole season for me. Him and Rodon, but I mean, with with Urban Santana, two years ago he was an All Star. Mm-hmm. He's got this finger thing that uh, that he says he's feeling good with his finger, but the Sox have to be watching that. And if he can be like what he was two years ago, are you kidding me? They're adding that Urban Santana pitcher to this rotation. I love it. Uh, if you ask me to be a GM. I'm signing Dallas Keuchel right now, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I, or I would have done it before they picked up Urban Santana. I just, I just really like or I like Dallas Keuchel as a guy who was a part of a rebuild. He's a left-handed pitcher, and he went from a rebuild to a World Series championship with the Houston Astros. Now, I don't have his medicals. I don't haven't delved into his spin rates and all the data that these teams have nowadays, but. I'm surprised he's still out there. The Sox do not have a lot of lefties in their system, um, so that's why. And you're putting your opinion all on Carlos Rodon. I'd signed Dallas Kaipo for three years. I know I'm going off track here. No,
0: I'm not. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, but I mean, but now they got Urban Santana there. This, you know, they're trying Manny Benuelos out. He looked good today. Um, but I would say this for Sox fans who are kind of frustrated with some of these, you know, grade B and C moves that they're making. I understand why they're doing it, and. They really you know, were not going all in on 2019. They really weren't, even though they were trying to go all in in their minds about Manny Machado, um, because that was a special case that he was a- a- available this year. I think you're going to start seeing the Dallas Keuchel signings, trades, those big ones, when they feel like they're ready to really win. And, I, and, and when they know much more about who they have in their system. Right. And right now, there's just a lot, the, the, the rebuild is still in the oven. So it's, I'm like a fan a lot of times where I'm like, sign Dallas Keichel, give me Craig Kimbrell, You'll improve your team right away. But if I was to ask Rick Hahn, I'm assuming he would say kind of what I'm explaining here now, which is they're, you know, not all these prospects are going to hit, but they don't know which ones are going to hit and which, which ones aren't. So they don't want to just jump ahead and sign Dallas Keuchel right now, necessarily. This is my guess. Because they still want to find out what they've got in their system. And once they know that, then whatever Dallas Keuchel type is out there, if they feel like they need him in 2020 and 2021, then they'll go get him. I think that's what's going on here. There's
0: a couple of outfielders out there left, like Adam Jones and Carlos Gonzalez. These guys that, you know, not um, obviously not... In their prime anymore, but they, you know, they can help a team. But it, like you said, do they, do they do that type of thing now? I mean, is there? Those are those are moves you think you'd make, you know, next year. I, you know, I would assume, or something like that. Maybe when you know, the playoffs are more of a realistic shot, you get a, you get Kopech and you get Cease. Hopefully, you know, for that full season with those two guys. I mean, that's gonna make a, a big difference right there. And then, you know, you hopefully sign, you know, maybe another position player or whatever. But I think is, so that's kind of what you're thinking, maybe that next year is kind of when they might do some more of these big name type things
2: then? Yeah, probably. And, you know, as we've gotten, getting we're getting closer to opening day, I believe, you know, I've been trying to get, get them to sign Adam Jones all offseason. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're even, if, if they have heard me, they're clearly not listening to me. But I think what the Adam Jones move was, Was them signing John Jay. John Jay is that guy, and I can tell you that, you know, I am impressed at how he really reads the locker room and how he works with young guys. And I wrote a story about how how his effect it had on the twenty seventeen Chicago Cubs, and how you know Kyle Schwarber, Albert Almora Junior. and um, Ian Happ miss him and wish he was still on the team. Uh, I I apparently upset a lot of White Sox fans for me interviewing a Cubs player about a White Sox player. I didn't understand why, but (laughs) there's some overly sensitive Sox fans out there. I get it. I get it. I understand it. But, like, I thought they could read through the fact that I'm not interviewing a Cub about a Cub. I'm interviewing a Cub about a White Sox player. But, I I, I mean, how good is Jay going to be? You know, I don't know. I think he's going to be their leadoff guy. He is, a you know, a guy who can really help in the clubhouse. People might think, well, the, you know, I want to see the guy produce on the field. Of course you want to see him produce on the field. But, you know, I can tell you, being around this team for a long time, the stuff that helps teams win aren't just the players on the field. Remember the name Kevin Hickey?
0: Kevin Hickey. Uh, wasn't he with the Rays? No,
2: Kevin Hickey
0: was
2: like a batting practice pitcher that the Sox had in, in 2000. He's a former White Sox pitcher. They had him in, like, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008. He played a huge role to sitting on the bench, watching the game, seeing things that the players on the field may not see, that a pitcher was maybe uh, tipping his pitches. He would see so much stuff, and he would give information to Paul Canerco, to, um, you know, you name it, Jermaine Dye, Scott Petsednik, or pitchers, he would see a Mark Burley and say, hey, Mark, you're doing this. They can probably see that. That little bit of information, John Jay is one of those kind of guys. Hmm. And fans might think, well, you know, John Jay, what's he going to bring to the team? Look at his batting average. Now, that is true. I don't know what his batting average is going to be. But teams need guys with eyes that see everything. And I'll tell you, what really hurt Robin Ventura – his first year as manager of the team was when they were in Texas, and the day before opening day, Kevin Hickey tragically passed away, or two days before, in the hotel. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how many wins he could have produced for the White Sox, but the Sox were a good, pretty good team that year. They didn't win the division, but it's that kind of stuff over the course of a 162 game season. It's, you know, those kind of people. In the long run, to help your team, you know, and, and it's so under the rug, so under the rug. Players who play it, GMs, guys in the game, they know what guys like that can bring to a team. And, uh, you know, I think John Jay might be one of those guys. And of course, he plays, so he doesn't just sit on the bench.
0: I was obviously thinking of Jim Hickey. That's what I was thinking of. Um, yeah, Jim Hickey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you said, people people that don't that don't play the game or don't play that haven't played the game. You know, they don't realize those small things. And you know, every one of those twenty five guys on that roster, they make a difference, even if they're not hitting forty home runs and driving in one hundred and twenty. It's just it's little things in the game of baseball that people just don't really. That go behind behind the scenes. That um, you know, like that average fan. I'm not saying that fans are dumb or anything like that, but you know, like you said, they just don't realize all those small things that people can contribute to the game.
2: Yeah, and Kevin would you know sit on the the dugout stairs, and he would know exactly like what to say to someone to either get them pissed off when they needed to be, or to say the one thing that kind of get the guy focused. I mean, there's, and it wasn't just, you know, he wasn't the only guy that did it, but he's one that did, did that, and as I watched John, you know, he he does a, has a lot of FaceTime with these guys, and, um, and he actually, he's got, he leads the team in uh, RBIs in the spring, so how about that?
0: There you go. Uh, Chuck, one more thing for you, um, kind of mentioned him earlier, pardon me, uh, and that is Dylan Cease. Um, you know, a lot of a lot is, you know, I guess with uh, with Kopech not, uh, you know, not participating this year. Speaking of which, I feel like if Kopech had his way, he'd pitch tomorrow if he could, but uh, he's gonna have to rein rein that in a little bit this year. I have a feeling. But anyways, uh, I, you know, the focus all now goes to uh, Dylan Cease in terms of minor league players with, with Eli coming up, and then obviously Kopech where he is now, um, and then a, a healthy Luis Robert. But definitely from the pitching side, Dylan Cease. W- We've talked about him multiple times, he's he's no secret to anyone, but uh, what has been your interaction with him this spring, and what have you seen out of him this spring, and how's he uh, getting ready to go this season?
2: Well, I mean, they're not pitching him a lot. Right. Uh, they're saving his bullets, for sure, and he only pitched uh, like 15 or 12, 12 pitches, uh, one inning. I went all the way out to Goodyear to watch him pitch, and he goes, one inning. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to uh, throw that much, but I didn't know it was going to be that little. And he's going to pitch, I believe, Sunday out of the bullpen. Uh, and that might be it okay. for all of spring for him. I mean, they are really protecting him, uh, saving his arm for later in the year, hopefully, presumably, uh, if he so he pitches well in the minor leagues, to be in the majors with the White Sox in August and September, maybe even sooner than that. Uh, he's impressive and, like, you know, it's funny. Like I was interviewing James McCann. And I just asked him about the young pitching and that he's, you know, watching it or the ball's coming at him because he's a catcher. He brought up Lopez. He brought up Giolito and Rodon. And then he just singled out Dylan Cease, um, to say how special he is. And James McCann caught Verlander and price. And not to put too much, you know, hype into Dylan Cease, but, um, McCann said that his stuff is like reminds him of Verlander's and his, you know, mental makeup reminds him a little bit of David Price. So that's a lot on a guy, but you know, he is a person, a player, an athlete who uh, has what it takes to be an ace. And he's very, very comfortable in his skin. He is a smart, smart kid. And I, I think really, really highly of him. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. Um, and, you know, Sox fans should be excited to watch him pitch in the major leagues for sure. All
0: right, Chuck, um, I, I thank you so much for your time. I'm glad we could do this. And season, I guess, what do we got? Uh, three weeks, less than three weeks, three weeks from yesterday, I guess, right, is when they open up in Kansas City.
2: Uh, I think you're right. I think That's so right. The game's too. on NBC Sports Chicago. There you so, go. Uh, we'll be there. We'll be there for you, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, it gets off to a start like it did last year with the, the uh, how many home runs? Seven home runs did they hit? Something David, like that. Yeah,
0: Davidson's three, I think it was, and I think it was like a ten-one ball game or whatever. I don't know. What, I don't remember what it was, but uh, that would be nice. Uh, nice to see, and uh, hopefully, they can keep that momentum a little bit longer this year than yeah. last year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That would. That be was nice. the highlight of the
2: game. The highlight of the season was. Uh,
0: I don't think that's the plan uh, for many franchises, no. but, um, but anyways, all right, man, thank you so much. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll get you on once Eli comes up and, you know, we'll talk about him hitting a uh, 40 home runs this year. Like you, uh, like you said, it's definitely going to happen, right? 40 home runs, is that what you said? Oh, yeah, 40. At least 40, right? Yeah. yeah. No, nah, <laughs> no. I'd be happy with 20. That, that would be nice. Let's just let's just keep them healthy and just watch him progress. That sounds good to me. Yeah. All right, Chuck, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Arizona, man.
2: All right, no problem. Talk to you later. All right, thank you.